Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the Tuesday broadcast of Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett with Hickory Ridge Community Church. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Well, today I want to continue on a message that we started yesterday that I'm calling Habits of Thanksgiving. We covered a lot of information yesterday, and we want to continue this message. And I hope and I pray that as a result of this message, that you will become a more thankful person. Now, before we go too far, I always like to tell dad jokes, okay? Now, I want you to know that dad jokes are really not good jokes. Dad jokes are bad jokes. As a matter of fact, one of the elders in my church gave me a pair of socks, and on those socks it says, dad jokes are bad jokes. And so I thought I'd share one with you today because maybe you're feeling some stress. Maybe you're feeling some pressure on you during this holiday season. And so the other day I tripped and I hit my head on a snare drum. Now I think I have a percussion. Ah, that's really bad. That's a really bad dad joke. I know it is. And I hope you don't swerve off the road as a result of that bad joke. And I hope that you tune in today and listen to some ways that you can develop habits of Thanksgiving. You know, I love Thanksgiving. I love all that uh, happens from now until the end of the year. As a matter of fact, I want to give you an opportunity to begin the new year right, okay? Uh, One of the ways you can begin the new year right is by having a goal in your life to spend some time in God's Word every single day. The theme for Hickory Ridge Community Church in 2022 is going to be the theme of believe. Believe, right? Belief is such an important thing. So I have a devotional that I would like to offer to you and of no charge. All you got to do is contact me. And the devotional is a 365-day devotional called Believe. And it's written by Randy and Roseanne Frazy. And so if you like a copy of this, if you will give me a call, 252-267-2365, and just let me know you want a copy of the devotional, you can call me, leave me a voicemail, call me, leave me a text. Just give me your name and address, and I'll make sure I get that into the mail to you, okay? That's our gift to you for listening to the broadcast. We so appreciate you tuning in today. Well, let's look at some habits of Thanksgiving. We are to give thanks to the Lord vocally. That is with our voices. We sing praises unto the Lord. Uh, This is a powerful way in which we can give thanks to the Lord. Now, as we do it vocally, I want to encourage you to do it humbly, right? I remember years ago when I was in Bible college, we had this guy that had a very loud voice, and he was on he was in our men's choir, and uh, he would sing at very ungodly times of the day, like at five o'clock in the morning. And he'd come running down the hall, singing at the top of his lungs. And I know that he did it to aggravate us, right? Uh, because many of us worked second shift, and we didn't get back uh, to the dormitory till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And so five o'clock was mighty early. Well, this guy'd be singing at the top of his lungs and every morning at 5 a.m. Well, I want you to know, in an unsanctified moment, I was so ticked off at this guy, and I heard him coming down the hall. And I said, you know, this time I'm going to be ready for him. And I went, I had my 7-Eleven big gulp cup there. You know those big gulp cups that has like, like 60 ounces or 64 ounces or something crazy like that? Well, I filled that thing up with ice water. When I heard this guy coming on down the hall, I quickly opened my door. And just as he was going past my door, I took that big cup of uh, ice water and splashed it right in his face. And he got a bunch of that water in his face and in his eyes. He started coughing and choking. And uh, and you know what? Uh, that wasn't the right thing to do. But I tell you what, it put an end to that 
that vocal singing at five o'clock in the morning. Now, I don't recommend doing that, uh, but I want you to know we should give praise unto the Lord vocally. David did it, as did Nehemiah, and as did Ezra. And uh, we are to give praise to the Lord vocally. We're also to give praise to the Lord communally. When you gather together with other believers, why don't you worship the Lord? As a matter of fact, this Sunday, when you go to church, make sure that you sing with the worship team, that you sing with your congregation, because we are commanded, Psalm 100, verse number four, to enter God's presence with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his holy name. Well, we give thanks vocally and communally. We also should be giving thanks sacrificially. That is with our substance. You know, God wants us to honor him with our substance. So many times we honor him with a surplus, but God desires for us to honor him with our substance. And then number four, we are to give thanksgiving. Develop this habit of giving thanks respectfully, respectfully, and also with all humility. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, we kind of left the broadcast yesterday at this passage. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth, and they are abusing a gift. The gift that they're abusing is the gift of speaking in tongues. Paul has spent a long time in chapter 12, speaking, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, teaching on the use of tongues and the use of tongues in worship service. Then he goes into chapter number 13, uh, that's the love chapter, and he says, even though I speak with the tongues of angels and I don't have love, right? He says, I become like a gong. And then he gets into chapter number 14 and he continues on this teaching regarding the use of speaking in tongues. Now that word tongue, aglossia, means language. And as we think about this gift, it's a gift that is not given to everybody, given to very few people in my opinion, but it's a gift that should be used respectfully. Paul learned that the Corinthian believers, as they were gathering together, they were speaking in tongues, but they were doing it more in a manner to self-congratulate themselves or to brag upon themselves. So Paul says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 15, he says, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also will pray with my understanding. I will sing with my heart, but I also will sing with my understanding. Otherwise, when you are praising God in the Spirit, how can someone else, who is now put in the position of an inquirer, say amen? How can they say amen to your thanksgiving, since they do not know what you are saying? You are giving thanks well enough, but no one else is edified. Oh, this is a very important truth. Paul is saying, listen, as you're gathering together, giving praise unto the Lord. That is a good thing. But if you're speaking in tongues and nobody is able to interpret it, and you're having this gathering together, and you have somebody who is in that service who has no idea what's going on, how can they say amen to your thanksgiving? They do not even know what you're saying. He says, you're giving thanks enough, but no one is edified. Or we could say, no one else is edified except you, the one that is speaking in tongues. You see, as we offer up our thanksgiving to God, my giving of thanks should never be about edifying myself. It should never be about putting others to shame. 
It should never be a wanting up of somebody else, saying, look at all I am giving thanks for, bragging upon myself because God has been so good to me. In Ephesians chapter 4, I think Paul kind of has a follow-up of 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in Ephesians chapter 4, and he says, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking. He says, these are out of place, but rather we should be doing everything with thanksgiving. So we've learned so far that we're to give thanks vocally, that is with our voices, singing and praise unto the Lord. We're to do it communally as we gather to worship. We worship in our congregation and we praise God from whom all blessings flow. We're to give our thanksgiving sacrificially, that is of our substance, a gift with our thanksgiving. You know, if you are are raised in the South, you know that anytime uh, somebody gives you a meal, I used to return that dish that they used with something else in it uh, as a way of showing appreciation to them for sacrificing unto you. And then we've learned that we're to give thanks respectfully, realizing that this is all about praising God, and we're also to do it in such a way that we are humbly doing it so that those who are there with me in my presence are not put to shame. And then number five, we are to give thanksgiving, and we should make the habit of giving thanksgiving generously and with enthusiasm. So Paul writes a second epistle to the Corinthian believers. And he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse number 11, You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So here Paul is saying, you are to gather together. And as you gather together, you're to be generous on every occasion. And by your generosity, you will result in thanksgiving to God. In other words, the more generous God is to us, the more generous we should be with others, and the more resulting of thanksgiving will come out of us to God. So if you really want to be happy, you must love generosity. There was another article that I read in the New York Times, and it was entitled, Do You Want to Be Happy? If you want to be happy, live generously. Now, it always amazes me that oftentimes the world understands things better than the Christians sometimes do. So if we look at this, want to be happy, live generously, Arthur C. Brooks delves deep into the perceived causes of unhappiness. As a matter of fact, he has concluded, and I guess we can easily agree with this, that we are most unhappy because of life circumstances causing us to be most unhappy. When you think of dropout true happiness, however, he writes that when people say, I'm an unhappy person, they're really doing sums, whether they realize it or not. They are saying, my unhappiness is X, and my happiness is Y. So my unhappiness is X, my happiness is Y. So if X, my unhappiness, is greater than my happiness, then I'm miserable. You know, but this arithmetic doesn't tell the whole story as is proved by this ever-elusive happiness that we never seem to be able to find. I want you to know that happiness is really no respecter of the rich or the poor. After looking down a dead-end road and and going down a a search for this, this solution of happiness in our lives, we discover it has really nothing to do 
with our circumstances. Happiness is not based on happenstance. Happiness is based upon our ability to love people and not pleasure. By loving people and giving thanks to people, we discover that our happiness goes up. You know, they discovered one of the happiest people in the world in their profession is really not a profession that makes a whole lot of money. Did you know that people who are happiest with their jobs are waiters and waitresses? Yeah, that's right. They have discovered serving other people brings them happiness. So that's why I want to encourage you, next time you go out to eat, acknowledge that happiness of that server. Even if they're having a bad day, generously tip them because they are bringing joy to you by serving you. Well, let's talk another way or another habit that we can develop if we truly want to be happy, if we truly want to be filled with thanksgiving all the time. We should be giving respectfully thanksgiving. We should be giving sacrificially thanksgiving. We should be giving communally as we gather together as a church. We should be vocally praising the Lord. We should be generously expecting God to do something with our thanksgiving. That is that we are to give thanksgiving with anticipation. Now, I want you to know that this is kind of like giving, right? The Bible says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, running over, shall men give to your bosom. Now, we should never give with the sole purpose of getting, but a byproduct of giving is that we will receive. I mean, it's a biblical principle. I think the motivation behind it is crucial. The same is with thanksgiving. As we are thankful people, we can anticipate that God will bless us for our thanksgiving. Jeremiah 30, 19 says this, From them will come songs of thanksgiving and the sound of rejoicing. I will add to their numbers and they will not be decreasing. I will bring them honor and they will never be disdained. Now, Jeremiah is writing about the people of God as they're in bondage. They are in a bad place. They're in the Babylonian captivity. And they find themselves in this terrible predicament. They find themselves in that predicament because they stopped giving thanks to God. They stopped giving thanks to the Lord and they began violating the Sabbath. And and there were several things that they did wrong to find themselves in the Babylonian captivity. You would think they'd be miserable in this captivity. But we discovered that songs of thanksgiving and sounds of rejoicing was coming up from them while they're in captivity. And Jeremiah says, because of this, God was going to add to their numbers. God was going to see that they would never experience a decrease. He says, I will bring them honor, and they will not be dishonored. Now, I want you to know that as you give thanks, you can expect God to bless you in return. Research has shown that practicing gratitude actually boosts the immune system. It bolsters our resilience to stress. It lowers depression. It increases feelings of energy and determination and strength. And it even helps you sleep better at night. In fact, there are a few things that have been more repeatedly vetted than the connection between gratitude and overall happiness and well-being. In a survey done, they found that 90% of the people think gratitude makes you happier and gives you a more fulfilled life. However, less than half regularly express gratitude. 
So we can learn from this survey. We can learn from God's word that practicing gratitude is good for our health spiritually, is good for our health emotionally, is good for our physical health. It bolsters our resilience. It makes us sleep better. So if you're having trouble sleeping, has it ever occurred to you that maybe while you're up in the middle of the night, tossing and turning, instead of counting sheep, why don't you count your blessings? Count the blessings that you have in your life and give thanks to the Lord for all that he's done for you. Paul said to the Corinthian believers that everything that happens in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the in-between, is really for our benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. What is Paul saying? Paul says, be a generous person of thanksgiving, because no matter what is happening to you, it is for your benefit. God's grace is reaching you. When good things are happening, that's God's grace. When bad things are happening, that's also God's grace. God is working to our benefit, giving us exactly what we need so that we can have thanksgiving overflowing to the glory of God. So if you're having trouble today, and you're having trouble trying to figure out the difficulties of life that you're facing, and you can't sleep at night, you're filled with anxiety, why don't you practice the art of thanksgiving? Generously give thanks to the Lord and say, Lord, I am going to give you thanksgiving with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind. I'm not going to give a half-hearted thanksgiving. I'm going to give it all to you and praise your name for what you've done. Well, there's one other habit I think that we need to form in order to be people that are are really filled with thanksgiving. We've talked about giving vocal thanksgiving unto the Lord, that is, singing praises and speaking praises. We talked about gathering together as a congregation and praising God together in community. We talked about giving a gift of, uh, of sacrifice to the Lord as we gather into his presence or as we enter into his courts. We've talked about giving thanksgiving respectfully, not to try to one-up somebody, but to actually do it out of a sincere heart, respectful for those who maybe not have been as blessed as we are blessed. We learn to give thanks generously. You know, the most generous verse in the Bible is John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. You know, God was a very generous God. He held nothing back to purchase our salvation. We're to give thanks with a sense of expectancy. As we give thanks to the Lord, and that overflows to the glory of God, God makes sure that we're filled with good health and good strength. There's one final area of habit that I think we need to develop, and that is that we are to give thanks continuously, all the time, with our attitudes. Paul said this to the Corinthian believers. Here's three verses that actually four verses that drive home this point. Paul said, hey, Corinthian believers, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. He didn't just say that to the Corinthian believers. He said it to the believers at Colossae. He says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. He also said it to his dear friend, Philemon. He said, Philemon, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers. Oh, I love that short little book, Philemon. It's Paul's letter to Philemon, and it's a fascinating story. It's just a short little book, but 
As Paul was incarcerated, he ran into a guy by the name of Onesimus, and Onesimus was a runaway slave. He ran away from Philemon. I don't know what he did, but he found himself incarcerated, and and there he is with the Apostle Paul, and the Apostle Paul shares the gospel with Onesimus, and Onesimus is gloriously saved. Well, Paul, in his dealings with Onesimus, discovers that he really belongs to Philemon. So Paul writes a letter to Philemon. And he says, Philemon, I want to thank my Lord for you every time I remember you in my prayers. And then he shares that he has Onesimus with him. He says he really belongs to you, and I'd be happy to release him to you. But Paul says, you know, he's been really beneficial and really useful to me. I'd like to keep him here with me, if that's okay with you, Philemon. And I love how Paul puts it. He says, and by the way, Philemon, uh, don't forget that I am your father in the faith. Uh, Paul led Philemon to the Lord, and, and Paul did ministry with Philemon. And, and so Paul just wanted to remind him uh, that he owes his salvation to Paul. And as he writes this letter, he just asks a very simple question to Philemon. You know, I'll take care of the fact that he may have you know, taken advantage of you. He stole some things from you. I'll repay that, whatever it is. But he really is beneficial to me. And and, and the the book of Philemon kind of leaves us hanging because we never really find out what happened to Onesimus. Did he stay with Paul? Did he go back to Philemon? And I guess we'll find out when we get to heaven. But the focus is that Paul gave thanks to Philemon. He also gave thanks and instructed Timothy to give thanks. And he says, Timothy, I urge then, first of all, that petitions and prayers of thanksgiving and intercessions be made for all people. Listen, I think that God wants us to be thankful. You know, maybe you're looking at your life and you says, well, I don't have a whole lot to be thankful about. Uh, maybe you're not a very religious person, and, and maybe you're a person that says, you know, I, I don't get this whole thing about thanksgiving. I work hard. I, everything that I have is things that I have made possible through the strength of my own arms and through the, the mind that I have. And maybe you have forgotten or you haven't thought about the fact that every breath that you have is made possible because of a gift from God. You know, we often hear someone say, well, I'm not very religious, but I'm a good person, and that is what is most important. But is that really true? Now, imagine that there's a woman in She's a very poor widow, and she has only one son. Oh, she loves this son, and she teaches him how to live, and, and, and she sacrifices for her son, and, and she teaches her son to always tell the truth, and teaches her son to work hard and to, to help those who are, are less fortunate. Now, this poor widow makes very little money, but with her meager savings, She's able to put him through college. Imagine that when he graduates, that he hardly ever speaks to her again. Oh, he may occasionally send a Christmas card, but he doesn't visit her. He won't even answer her phone calls or her letters. He doesn't speak to her, but he lives just like she taught him. Honestly, industriously, and charitably. Would you say this was acceptable? Of course not. Wouldn't we say by living a good life, but neglecting a relationship with the one to whom he owed everything, he was doing something commendable? 
In the same way, God created us, and we owe Him everything. Everything that we have, all that we could possibly live for, belongs to Him. We go about living a good life, but it's really not enough. We owe all that we have, and it's a debt that must be paid. A debt of continual thanksgiving. So here's my challenge to you today. Have you given proper thanks to God this week? I want to encourage you to develop the habit of giving thanks vocally as you gather together in worship. I want to encourage you to develop the habit of giving sacrificially, giving thanksgiving respectfully. Expect God to bless you when you give thanks. I want to encourage you to give thanks generously, continuously, and on an ongoing basis. And here's a question I want to close the broadcast with. Who do I need to show my thanks to this week? There's somebody in your life that has done a lot for you. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your pastor. Maybe it's a co-worker. Maybe it's a friend or a neighbor. Who do I need to show my thanks to this week? Maybe it's a son or a daughter or a cousin or a grandparent. You see, God brings people into our lives that make our lives full and make our lives rich. We owe a debt of continual thanksgiving to God and to those who have blessed our lives. Well, I hope the broadcast has been a blessing to you today. I pray that God will fill you with a spirit of thanksgiving as we honor Him in all that He's done for us. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. I look forward to talking with you tomorrow. Have a great day. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3220 South Battlefield Boulevard, Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, you go to our website at www.hrcc7.org. No matter what you're going through, remember, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.